Good morning. I'd like to just start off by praying. Uh, so, Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the hour of rest, extra hour of rest that I needed last night, Lord. Thank you, God, for gathering us here. Lord, thank you for calling us your sheep. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you speak to and through me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we got that, right? We're, we're the sheep. Right? Does everybody understand that? And he is the shepherd. All right, so why do I need to... We got it. So I love the Bible. I, I, I love the Bible so much. I love studying it that it gets me super excited. Like, there are times, and I, I kid you not, sometimes when I'm preaching or uh, when I'm preparing a sermon and, and I get excited that my watch, like it's a smartwatch, right? It's, it, after a while, it says, great workout. That was a great workout. I'm like, wow, this is great. So you should... If you need to burn some calories before the holidays, read, read the Bible. Get excited about it. Um, but I, I, I love it. I get super, like, sometimes like super excited. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm preaching to myself sometimes. And some of the common commentaries are preaching to me. And I'm like, yes, this is super excited. And I feel like the, the Jonah Hill meme where he's just, he's like this. Um, if, if you don't know what a meme is, parents and grandparents, just ask a student. It'll be a great time after the service in the... Uh, It'll be a good fellowship time. Students explain what a meme is. If they do a good job, next week we'll tell them what a GIF is. Explain to them what a GIF is, all right? So I do love the Bible a lot. And in studying this passage and in doing some research, I learned quite a few things. I learned quite a few things. And, and I also had to unlearn something. Have you ever had to unlearn something? Like unlearn something? I mean, some people say that's just learning something new or something different. But I, we'll just go with unlearn. Uh, so like unlearning an old habit or uh, unlearning some outdated or wrong information. Okay? Well, here is something that, that I had to unlearn while digging deep into this passage and getting get my heart rate up, right? So I've heard over the years, I've heard lots of people using passages like this and talking about sheep and shepherd and where are the sheep. I've heard preachers and teachers, ministers. I've heard brothers and sisters in the church just having this ongoing idea, this, this joke that uh, among some of the best preachers too, uh, saying that sheep are dumb, all right? I've heard it so many times. Um, even, even I've used it. And obviously the analogy here in this passage is that we are sheep. Hence, we are dumb. And preachers joke about it. And, you know, it's, it's this... This ongoing joke over the years, sheep, sheep are just dumb. They just don't, they don't get it. Ha, ha, ha. So Christians over the years have, have focused on this supposed stupidity of these animals. They say things like uh, that these animals are so dumb, they're defenseless. These animals are so dumb, they're directionless. These animals are so dumb, they just follow the herd. Again, I've... I've said this plenty of times. I've used this. I've joked about this. And it's something that I had to unlearn. Because here's the truth. Sheep are not dumb. They do dumb things. But they are not dumb. They're not dumb animals. There are lots of animals that do dumb things. You seen a dog chasing its tail in a circle? Right? Have you seen a cat chasing like a ball of yarn or that little laser light and they, they swear they're going to get it? 
And once they get their paws on it, it's like, whoa, it's, oh, it's on top of me. What is going on? Or a hamster running in the hamster wheel. You've seen that. They think they're going somewhere. I've been to, I've been to Petco. I've had a hamster before. I've literally seen hamsters getting into a little fight, a physical fight, right? And they're, they're just like pushing each other. One of them gets knocked back. True story. He gets up and then just kind of gets on the hamster wheel and says, I'm out of here. I'm leaving this place. And he just starts chasing, right? Earl, you always do this. And he leaves. And he's going real, real fast. I'm never coming back again. And then, and then he gets off and he's like, yeah, this is, I think I'll stop here. This is, a good, this is a good spot for me. And Earl's just like, oh, man, I, I think I went too far this time. He's gone forever. Oh, who's this new guy? It's hamsters. Hamsters do dumb things. Now, I'll tell you, I did some research, and the dumbest animals, according to, to what I found online, are domesticated turkeys. They're, they're dumb. And we're coming for them in a couple of weeks. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. It doesn't matter. You can say it in front of them. They don't know. They don't even know. So, true story, the sheep are, <laughs> sheep are actually smart. They're smart. Scientists, check this out, scientists at the University of Cambridge, or Cambridge, have found that sheep have the brain power equal to rodents, monkeys, and in some tests, even humans. They're emotionally intelligent. They, they make friends and they can attach facial expressions to emotions. This is true. They have great memories. They can remember a person or a face for up to two years. They literally, they literally know their shepherd's voice. There's YouTube videos of some tourists. There's some sheep out in the field, a whole bunch of sheep. And their shepherd is like, all right, go ahead and, and try to call them. This is what you're going to say. Say it, say it loud. And they're calling, yep, 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 yep. Nope, they're not coming. Some of them will just like flicker their ear and just be like, I don't know you. Right? Next person. Three, peop- three diff- or four different people try this, and they're like, they really don't know. The shepherd goes, and you can YouTube this. You don't know what YouTube is. <laughs> There's fellowship time in the rotunda afterward. So uh, the shepherd goes out, says it, and then it's a beautiful thing. You can see all the sheep, uh, like one by one, just put their head up, put their head up, and then they start coming. A whole bunch of sheep just start coming. They know their shepherd's voice. They can extinguish it. Uh, uh, it, it. Sheep are not dumb. They just do dumb things. Smarter. They're, they're, actually, we can say that sheep are smarter than the average bear. That's Yogi Bear. Students, if you don't know who that is, parents and grandparents, fellowship time. We, so we are sheep. We're, we're like sheep. We are not dumb. We just do dumb things, right? So I'm studying this passion, and I'm like, well, this is, God, this is blowing my mind. Could we have been reading this wrong all these years? Could we have been preaching and teaching from this standpoint that sheep are dumb, and so you guys are so dumb, right? And only God is, I mean, in comparison to God, yes, but the fact is that we, don't, we shouldn't focus on the fact that we as sheep were so dumb that we don't know what we're doing we don't know where we're going, so we need a shepherd. And we focus on that so much. But could we have been reading this wrong all these years? So instead of Jesus saying that we're dumb because we're directionless, maybe, just maybe, he wants us to be smart enough to know that we need guidance. Smart enough to know 
We need someone to guide us. Guide us to spiritually navigate through this dark world. Guidance and, and, uh, or, or smart enough to know that this is not something, guiding ourselves through this, spiritually through this darkness, is not something that we can successfully do ourselves. So lots of things we can do successfully, but when it comes time to uh, spiritually, only God, only our true shepherd can guide us. Instead of Jesus saying we're dumb because we're defenseless, maybe he wants us to know that we need a savior. We can't save ourselves. We can't. Maybe he wants us to be smart enough to know our limitations in that sense, that we need to be dependent on him, that only he can save us from, from the enemy of this world, that we need a savior. Instead of Jesus saying that we're dumb because we just follow the herd, maybe he wants us to stop striving toward independence from one another within the church, within the church. That he wants us to be more united. That he desires for us to actually look at one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. To function more like the body of Christ. Now, disclaimer, I'm not saying that independence is a bad thing, is bad overall. I'm saying that independence within the church probably needs to, needs to cease, needs to stop. Example, more unity, more, more uh, collaboration, more solidarity, more oneness. Maybe that means being more open with each other, more trusting, more uh, 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 celebrating each other's wins more, that we mourn together. So maybe Jesus is actually, in all, the, all these years, maybe he's actually calling for us to be smart like sheep in knowing our limitations, knowing that we need a savior, knowing that without him in our lives, we're just lost. We're directionless. That's, that is complete trust. That is complete and true intimacy. And maybe that's something that he knows we struggle with and we will struggle with. Is that, that blew my mind. After all these years of just like thinking, man, we're just, we're just dumb. We're dumb animals and we just need... No, we have to be smart enough to say, I'm limited. I need to lean on the true shepherd. Smart enough to know what I don't know. Complete trust and complete intimacy. That reminds me of, of my kids. My kids, since they were uh, smaller, they're six and a half and five right now, we've always done this like, on the bed, like jump into my arms, right? We've, we've done that. Or we've tossed them up and down. And we've kind of taught them like, hey, at first they're, they're, they're freaking out, right? And doctors probably say, don't do that. But we do it anyway. <laughs> it's fun. And, we're, and, and so after, oh, throughout the years, like now it's like jump, jump into my arms. They have this complete trust, so much so that I was playing with one of my kids was on the bed and, and the other one's here. And all of a sudden, without me looking, Isaiah, my oldest one, jumps on top of me, and my reflex was just, whoa, dude, you can't do that. We got to make eye contact. Like, we got, we got to say, ready, set, go, or, like, there has to be a connection here. And he's like, Dad, I knew you were going to catch me. That's complete trust, complete trust, knowing that God is there for us, that he, 
knowing who goes before us, who stands behind, beside us. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Man, I was singing those lyrics, and I was like, yes, why do I even need to preach this morning? We just need to, like, like really mean what it is that we say on Sunday morning sometimes. Complete trust. Can we have that complete trust? Like, God, you got me. I know I completely trust in you. You've got me. I know you're not going to let me down. You're not going to let me fall, right? Other times my kids will be in the store. Um, now, Cracker Barrel is like the place where you know where your kids are going to be off in that little corner, right, where the little kid stuff is. But, you know, sometimes you just walk away and just you're looking at something else. It's like a yard sale in there sometimes or a garage sale, right? They have saw, a saw from 1943, and you're thinking you want to buy that. And so you're looking around, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your kids, my, my kids are just like, da-da, da-da. And I say, I'm right here, just follow my voice, right? And they follow my voice, and they're, they're fine. They give me a hug just to, that's true intimacy. They know their dad's voice. I just say, just listen, calm down, listen to my voice, and just follow me, okay? Follow me. That's true intimacy. Can we have that? Can we have that alone time with God, that kind of intimacy, and just be like, God, like, speak, speak to me this morning. Like, what, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to do? It may not be an audible voice all the time, but can we practice that? Say, God, you are my shepherd. I am your sheep. I will I have complete trust and true intimacy with you. I want to know your voice. I want to know your, uh, uh, you know, which way your, your guidance, which way you're guiding me, which way you want me to go, what you want me to do next. May we be smart enough like sheep to know that we need a savior, we need a shepherd, and to know our savior with true intimacy. Now, right in the middle of this of this passage, moving, you know, just kind of transitioning a little bit here, there's um there's something else in studying this passage that really jumped out at me, and it's right in the middle. So it's verses 14 to 18, verse 16, right in the middle, Jesus says, "I have other sheep that are not." Of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. So this series, if you read it word for word in your, in your bulletin, says it, it, uh, halfway through, ask this series that we're in, Images of the Church, ask the question, what does it look like to truly live as God's people in times and places that God has placed us? What is it like? Well, what are the times and places that God has placed us in? What is, our, what is going on right now? What is the current context that we live in? Well, there's no denying that right now there's a big divide in our nation. There's no denying it. Big divide, politically, racially. Thursday night, uh, Friday night, November 17th, we'll be here. Uh, having the conversations about it, so the timing is great. And so two quick things out of this verse, verse 16, that, that we've got to learn or that jumped out at me. And the first thing is that while we here at Free Christian Church, we're not all about growing in numbers for numbers' sakes. There are people out there that God wants to bring 
to him or he wants to reconcile to him. There are others that could be sitting in that empty seat to your left or to your right. There are others that could be a part of, of, of his body, of maybe this body, of this church. And if, if we want to be a growing, thriving church, we must always be thinking about the other, the other. And in thinking about the other means being open to change. Being open to change means getting a little bit messy sometimes, much like a construction site when they're building or adding. Right? People have hard hats. There's dust everywhere. Um, wherever there's growth, there's work to be done. And sometimes growth brings growing pains. And while change is uncomfortable for some of us, Jesus is looking at, at, at his sheep coming together, one flock with a twinkle in his eye, saying, that those are my sheep. Those are my sheep. From an outsider's perspective, it may look messed up and people, you know, like from different contexts and cultures and, and everything coming together, and, but those are my sheep. They're beautiful in my eyes. So we've got to always be thinking about the other, never being too comfortable with, I'm, you know what, I'm good with everybody here. I think I like most of you, right? I tolerate the rest, right? I think, I think I'm good. And then we start to become a little exclusive rather than inclusive, right? This is, this is us right here. And any, anyone else is just like, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you should try it. There's another church down the street that might suit you a little better. Always think about the other and understand what that could mean. And the second thing is, uh, Jesus says, they are one flock, one shepherd. It's not our flock. It's not JP's, and it's not Pastor Brian's flock. It's God's flock. We don't own this church. The building doesn't really belong to us. The bank might tell us differently, but we don't own this or, or these people, excuse me. And with that knowledge, I have to unlearn sometimes what a normal Christian Sunday service looks like. Maybe I have to unlearn some of my personal preferences with regards to music, to lighting, with regards to volume, attire, preaching style, expository versus topical. Maybe I have to unlearn some of those preferences or even where I like to sit. Well, that's my seat because I like to put my arm up just as Fernando is doing right there. And you can, this is, and if I could pay for this, like box, like box seats, I would. This is my, you come in and wait, wait a minute. Oh, you don't know that that's my, that's where I sit. Maybe we have to unlearn that this isn't, doesn't belong to us. Some of our preferences need to, change sometimes and I know this is uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for even me to say it so in in the time and place that God has placed us or has us Jesus is calling us to be again inclusive not exclusive and this is something that the Pharisees who were listening to what Jesus was saying they they didn't get it they didn't accept it they didn't want to accept it even even the word Pharisee itself comes from, it's, it's parush, which means one who is separated. 
And they took that and just even within their own people were just like, we're better than you. We're better than this, the chosen nation. We are, we are, if you're chosen, we're more chosener than you. Right? We're, we're, we got, yeah. There's like, you're number one, we're number 1A or whatever it is, right? We're the best. We are exclusive. Even after Jesus said all this, if you look, verse, I believe it's verse 19 or the next couple of verses, the Pharisees are listening to this and they're just like, Literally, these are not my words. This man is demon-possessed. <laughs> Something is wrong with this dude. If you look, that's what they say. This man is demon-possessed. He does not. In other words, like, okay, cuckoo, right? This guy is from crazy town. He doesn't know what he's saying. Meaning they didn't receive what he just said. I don't know if, that's an un, if that was like just their ignorance or unwillingness to accept what he's saying. They believed they were his chosen people, all right, but, but they felt exclusive, they felt privileged. And Jesus wanted his chosen people to not be exclusive, but to be a light to the world, not just to that nation, to the entire world, to shine his light to the other, the other. And so this, this is awesome. I, I love this. I love this passage. And I've heard, we've heard so many sermons so many times. Maybe we've read this and, and the whole chapter and we're just like, yeah, I, I, I see where he's going with that. I understand. But man, if we really dig deeper, God has called us to be smart like sheep. That's, it's amazing. Now, in closing, I, I, I want to share uh, my heart a little bit. In these, again, in these times, in these times, in, in, in this, um, in these this political and, and uh, racial tension, I got to be honest, my heart has been extremely heavy, extremely heavy. Reading people's social media rants, friends, families, people I didn't even know I, I was friends with, that draw a definite line in the sand, right? Watching all this, just saying, you are wrong, we are right. Boom. That's it. That's it. There's no, there's no gray area here at all. Seeing this has caused a little bit of pain for me. Because there's people that I love that are doing this. And I've been hurt by what people say. And, and, and I've, been, I've been pushed. People are trying to push me. People within my circle of friends are trying to push me toward one side. And and they're saying, why aren't you speaking up? Say something. Say something. And I've honestly, I've felt for a few months now that, that I don't belong here. That's the truth. I'm not trying to, not a sob story. There's been this heavy feeling in my heart that's like, my family and I, we, I don't feel like we belong here. And it's not something that Free Christian Church has done. Or has it done? Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but um, I'm Latino. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not going to assume that you know that. I'm Puerto Rican. <coughs> Excuse me. If you have a bulletin, or if you can look up here on the screen, um, you'll see four sets of hands. And yes, 
I was chosen to be one of the hand models. <laughs> I know. And uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, somebody, somebody or two people came up to me, I can't remember, and said, hey, that's you up there, isn't it? You're one of the hands. And now, being honest with you and, and just bearing my heart with everything that's been going on, right, in these t- this time and this climate that we have right now, racial tension, political tension, big divide in our nation, me feeling heavy, me feeling like I'm being pushed to one side, why are you there, right? I automatically said, duh, obviously, like, if you know Sesame Street, you know one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) So I, in my mind, answered the question that I was about to ask before I even asked it. And I said, sarcastically, gee, how did you guess? And she said, because of your watch. Because of your watch. And I'm getting goosebumps right now because to me, that was... A small glimpse of what a growing, thriving, united church can look like. That we don't have to see just the exterior, the accessories. It's fine. That's why we wear them. But we don't, we can just say, you know, and that was a way of God using a person, a couple. And then they looked at each other and said, yes, I told you that was him. They weren't even sure. Because the watch, right? And I said, yeah, the watch. And that was a ministry moment for me of how the church can be, what the church can be, and how our inclusive and non-biased responses, how our inclusive and non-biased approaches to the other uh, and the attention toward one another can be Sheep-like. 